what's up capitalists hey it's your uh guy to the 21st century nate houseman here and we gotta talk about the uh pop culture the, the culture war we gotta talk about thor 11 thunder just crashing in its second week of the box office we gotta talk we gotta talk about amazon's lord of the rings rings of power just being wrecked by tolkien fans and we gotta talk about star wars unfortunately well, we also have to talk about the Ripperverse, Eric July, uh, an illustrious YouTuber, great, you know, content creator, great patriot, great, you know, great sage of over what's right and wrong. And he's been hard at work, you know, building his um, own line of comic books. And we're going to talk about some other independent comic comic creators and you know, book book creators. And the theme really is corporate media. It's, you know, it's Hollywood. It's the streaming services. It's Marvel, Marvel and DC Comics. You know, they've been infected by some people, you know, some people call it woke ideology. It's really leftist ideology that's been, that has its roots in something really sinister. And I do understand that there are plenty of individuals in these, these corporate entertainment organizations that are that do know right from wrong, they're fighting the good fight, and they want to turn things around. However, you know the odds are against them, and what's really gonna what's really gonna kickstart you know the the way the um the movement back to quality entertainment in the West is independent creators like like Eric July like Ethan Van Skyver, like Razor Chris. So we're going to look at all of that. And if you find this content valuable, please share it. Give it a thumbs up on whatever, you know, platform you're listening, you're watching it on. And subscribe. And if you want, if you want to support me further, you can go to my website, natehouseman.net, and take advantage of some of the um, tabs here. I'm going to talk about one of them a little bit later. And you can also go to my Locals page on Locals.com and become a channel supporter and get access to exclusive content. So what's driving the um, the woke agenda in entertainment? Well, Hollywood has always been, you know, left-leaning. There's always been downright communist element in Hollywood. But it's gotten really worse since 2015, 2016. You know, part of that's because Donald Trump decided to run for president, and he ripped he ripped the he ripped the masks off a lot of corrupt you know so, so, you know a lot of corrupt organ systems. But something else that was put into a place by Obama, that evil evil man, was you know incentives for corporations to you know. pursue woke politics and ESG wasn't necessarily created by Obama, but Ethan Van Skyver has been, you know, raising the alarm about this environmental, social and government's investing or ESG for short is an investment strategy. You can use to put your money to work with companies that strive to make the world a better place. Supposedly what it really is, is an anti-energy, anti-development and anti-America strategy that helps to destroy 
our ability to produce, produce low cost and reliable energy. And it also corrupts a lot of, you know, other, a lot of other corporations. This article from America Out Loud mainly deals with the environment and energy and climate. But we're going to talk about, we're going to, we're, this might be part of the um, unified theory of everything about how certain, certain evil forces are trying to, you know, tamp down on American freedom through the corporations. If you knew what the, art, what the initials ESG meant five years ago, but it is well known today among corporate investors. 180 CEOs recently signed a business roundtable statement on business purpose. They agreed to move away from trying to produce, trying to improve business and investment outcome for, for stockholders, focusing instead on goals involving political objectives. BlackRock, the world's largest fund manager, is promoting ESG as a marketing pitch to younger investors who are more interested in improving society than investment returns. They ignore the ERISA and write down their own investing rules and ignore a more honest approach in attempting to repeal ERISA. And what is that? It's um, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of uh, 1974. They do not... They do not attempt that as it would alert young investors to the real rules of equitable investment clearly include political motivations. So going further in the article, the movement claims to be able to generate more income for investors, though there are no, no numbers to support these claims. They do not come from your stockholder, but rather the, the leftist cabal trying to trying a capitalist seeming plan to bring on more failed socialism in, in the world. They're wolves parading most assuredly as sheep. ESG is underpinning an element, an emergent parallel government to that which we elect with its capital on Wall Street, says Matt Levine, a lawyer and former Goldman Sachs investment banker in Bloomberg opinion on June 25th, 2020. It consists of a handful of gigantic institutional asset managers, including BlackRock, Vanguard, Fidelity, and others, who own on behalf of their customers most of the stocks of most of the public companies. These asset managers tell companies to do things that they, that they think are good for society. No longer about just business, it is about how society should be run, decisions on the environment, workers' rights, and racial inequality, and other controversial, controversial political topics. In my last video, I talked about how fiat money and debt and the central bank's banking system has totally ruined the practice of, of investing in the stock market and investing in other commodities and how we have to go either go back to a gold standard for our money or progress to Bitcoin. But this is another like twisting of the, of this, of wall street and thus twisting the corporations that employ most people in the world and also create the most visible entertainment. But These political agendas are ruining, you know, the business models of these Hollywood corporate studios. And no, no one shows that better than Disney. So they just released uh, Thor, the, Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie and the latest in the MCU. It had a really big, you know, first week, but it suffered a near 70% drop in its second week at the box office. And this is why I kind of wanted to wait until today to um, do this video because I wanted to 
have re have report on this. Um, for a movie that is the most expensive non-Avengers Marvel Cinematic film to date, this is not the performance that Marvel Studios expected or wanted Thor or wanted for Thor: Love and Thunder. So, Thor: Love and Thunder is the number one movie in the world for the second consecutive week. However, the overall box office haul has has Disney executives wondering if they're going to get anywhere close to return on the investment that they believed. So, Marvel spent $250 million on the production of the film alone. And then when you consider marketing, um, it would have to hit $70 million worldwide mark, worldwide mark just to break even, given the massive costs associated with production and marketing. So, and if it doesn't reach that, I mean, even if it's the number one movie in the world, that's still a failure. So, I mean, it, it had a very good, you know, opening weekend, but all the reviews from YouTubers that I, you know, YouTubers that I follow say it's just ham-fisted. It's, there are too many really bad jokes and Taika White's he, the director, he, um, he hit the mark with uh, the his previous Thor movie, but he just he just goes too far in this one, and all the all the characters stories are confusing, and it's just bad all around, and that's that's you know that's being revealed in the word of mouth. Now I have, I haven't seen any Marvel you know material since. Avengers Endgame because I figured that was it. That was the climax. And there's really no overarching story for Phase 4. And it doesn't seem like I'm missing much, but it's really sad. You know, I I was a Marvel, you know, I was Team Marvel as, and when I was a nerdy kid in the, when I was a teenage nerd in the 90s. You know, I would actually go to Walmart and pick up Spider-Man and X-Men comics. You know, and I and I did have a healthy respect for DC, but the the American comic book industry is just cratering, and it's being steamrolled by manga, you know, Japanese comics. We're going to talk about Japanese comics towards the end of the video, but we're going to see why all this is why audiences are rejecting, you know, Marvel and Star Wars, and also why they're very critical of the um, upcoming Amazon Lord of the Rings series. So, in the case of fan rejection, the Reva Force FX Elite lightsaber has lab crowdfunding campaign fails. So, Reva is a character from the recent, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+, and I haven't seen that, but from all the um, reviews I've heard and read, it just breaks. It's like it has one plot hole after another. It breaks canon left and right, and the acting is just drab, and it ruins both Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, which shouldn't be shouldn't have been even conceivable five years ago. But it was conceivable after. Uh, the Last Jedi. I the last Star Wars material I watched was The Last Jedi, and I left that I left the theater both confused and angry. 
It's like, how dare they do that to Luke Skywalker? How dare they do that to, you know, the Jedi Order? And, and after the plot leaks of Rise of Skywalker, I was furious because they totally spat on Luke and Anakin's triumph in Return of the Jedi. So I just do not acknowledge Disney Star Wars at all at, at this point. But I, and it looks like a lot of Star Wars fans feel the same way because this Reva lightsaber, it was um, crowdfunded by Hasbro. It's like, why should, why should, a, you know, a million dollar company like Hasbro need to crowdfund? Well, they kind of want to test the waters to uh, see if they can sell more expensive products. And this didn't even meet half of its uh, target target fundraising. So fans fans have tuned out of Star Wars, and fans are also tuning out Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power. Uh, Tolkien and Lord of the Rings fans lampoon the latest teaser trailer for the Rings of Power, and Shout out to all these blogs I've been re referencing. There's Bounding the Comics, there's PiratesandPrincesses.net, and these are blogs that tell it to you straight. So Pirates and Princesses, this is um Geeky Sparkles web website, and she's one of the she's one half of Clownfish TV on YouTube. Great channel. Like they're they're not even conservative, but I feel like they're true liberals and they tell it like it is. But getting back to uh, Rings of Power. So Rings of Power had a, another teaser trailer. When does this show release? It's, um, I think it's October. I think I'm going to watch it. I, I do watch, you know, Amazon video quite a bit. I mostly watch, you know, old episodes of Super Sentai, which is like the original Japanese version of Power Rangers. But, um. But this article just lists all the uh, Twitter like sh shots take by 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 Tolkien and Lord of the Rings fans against this um pretty much butchering of the Second Age. So what's what's the problem with Rings of Power? Well, it's supposed to take place in the Second Age of Middle Earth, and includes things that stories that J.R.R. Tolkien never wrote. Like he mentioned them in the appendices of the Lord of the Rings books, and maybe in the Silmarillion. I, I don't know about that, but they're totally breaking, you know, plot points. Like they're introducing they're introducing characters who never should have known each other because they were born thousands of years apart from each other, and they're making certain mortal characters like the elves, like Galadriel and Elrond, do things that were never in the books. And even though Peter Jackson tweaked a few things in the Lord of the Rings movies, you know, he mostly kept kept things faithful to the books. You know, he had Christopher Tolkien's seal of approval. Christopher Tolkien being J.R.R.'s son and pretty much steward of the estate. So Salute to Peter Jackson and thumbs down to Amazon. But we're gonna we're gonna but Tolkien actually had a really good quote many years ago, 
and we're going to look at in this article. Um, there's a Lord of the Rings scholar named Tom Shippey, supposedly fired from Amazon for telling Prime Video they were polluting the lore. And the um, the article kind of talks about this one scholar who's like taking Amazon to task for just chopping up Tolkien's works. But uh, Tolkien actually had a quote in a letter he wrote when he was alive. And it actually sums up a lot of fan, pop culture fans' feelings about not just Tolkien, not just Middle Earth, about Marvel, about DC, about Star Wars, about Doctor Who, about Star Trek. And let's just read it. Myth and a fairy story must, as all art, reflect and contain in solution elements of moral and religious truth or error, but not explicit, not in the known form of the primary real world. So what this really boils down to is people know right from wrong, and we want stories that reflect right and wrong. You know, a lot of these um, woke, you know, all this woke media, I don't like using the word woke because it's a little too uh, colloquial. I, I like to say far left because it's not really liberal. It's like a false liberalism, and that's, and that's the problem. People know right from wrong. People have liberal and conservative values, and I think liberal liberalism and conservatism are both valid, you know, philosophies. They don't need to be, they're not each other's real opponents. The problem with left, leftist politics, it distorts, you know, our notions of right and wrong. It's for, it's forcing stories, which are really sloppily made and trying to force, you know, you know, either gender confusion or, Or stories that were, you know, wrong wrongdoers are not, you know, held held responsible, you know, or until there's like no there's almost no consequences for that behavior, or is a total trashing of, you know, established source material or previous entries in a series that people respect. So people know right from wrong. They don't necessarily know truth and fallacy, but we want right and wrong reflected in our entertainment. And that's what a lot of these um, independent creators that we're going to talk about, and also the Japanese creators, that's what they're getting right, and they're being rewarded for it. Before we go any further, I want to mention a service that I that I sell. And if you're, you know, if you've got, you know, plans to uh, be a creator yourself, to be a comics creator, to be an independent. If you've got your own business, well, it's really going to help if you have your own website. And Eric July is proving that in spades. So click on the link to my website. Click on the Work With Me tab. And I promote some white label web design and marketing services. So a quality business website can cost thousands of dollars. But with one of my plans, you can... um. You can pay for that in monthly installments, starting from $50 a month for website support to like, where is it? I know I have a starting website, web design plan starting at, yes, $89 a month. But break it up and pay over time and you can get a lot done. So take advantage of that. Help, you know, help yourself 
and help support my help support my work. And I hope we, uh, you know, succeed together. So moving on, we got to talk about the Ripperverse, Eric July. He's like I said, he's a he's an illustrious YouTuber. It's like he's he's been on lots of live streams with other great YouTubers, and he's been grinding, getting the message out, you know, building his audience, and went and he announced the uh, campaign for his own independent comics company a week or so, a week or a week and a half ago. And it's already, it's already made over $2 million. $2 million. Let's go to his actual website here. The ISOM number one campaign. ISOM is the first, is his first superhero. Look at that. $2.6 million raised. So 26 about 2,600% of the revenue goal in just, you know, one week. What Eric, what Eric July, what, what July did here was he built his own website and he's letting, and he's selling his um, book through pre-orders in his fundraising campaign. So, and there's, you know, apps that'll let you do that. If you like, you can create, you can, you know, download a, if you build your website with WordPress, you can uh, download the WooCommerce plugin or the Easy Digital Downloads plugin, and you can sell digital copies of your of your work, or you can or you can sell physical copies, and you can also put an ad on to allow pre-orders. So that's what I'm take advantage of. But let's read this article again by bounding into comics. The crowdfunding world was upended today, and today was. July 12th, 2022, as Eric July launched his first book in his Ripperverse series, ISOM number one, on his own website. The crowdfund site is complete with different packages and features similar to a Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign, but all through July's own infrastructure. July bucked trends for most comic crowdfunders by creating a platform where he could not get banned, evading problems other conservative content creators have had on crowdfunding sites. So there's so there's Eric, also known as Young Rippa, 59. And what's the first thing you notice about him? Like, I don't want to bring this up, but it's well, we kind of have to. He's a black man! And he's a conservative libertarian. It's like, of course he exists. I, personally, I, I kind of think a lot more people are conservative than we've been led on. But that's a topic for another video and a video that'll probably get banned on YouTube. So that'll, that'll be a rumble and odyssey exclusive, but July has been promising his Ripperverse comics to be coming for months, talking about his project on various live streams in promotion of the launch. So just some samples of pages here. I believe he, um, let's go to the blaze article about it. I believe he actually got, you know, a former artist from DC Comics to do the coloring. And just waiting for the uh, article to load. Yep. With an initial pre-order campaign target of $100,000 in sales, total sales revenue for July's first comic series already approached $1 million in just one day. And there are still 74 days left before the campaign ends. So... In recent years, 
Legacy publishers like Marvel Comics and DC Comics have taken a leftward turn that has alienated some readers, not just some readers. Controversies over sudden dramatic changes to long-standing characters, like making Batman's psychic Robin bisexual, have divided the fan base, with some embracing the push for diversity and others lamenting that good storytelling has been undermined by woke industry activists. So July, who's a content creator, musician, and lifelong comic fan, is among those who do not like the direction the industry has taken. Supported by hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, July told The Blaze he founded the Riververse Comics to tell good stories. His company is guided by a code of ethics that prioritizes respect for the customer, streamlined canon, and continuity, continuity to avoid the excesses of other convoluted comic stories, and a comprehensive timeline that will keep reboots to a minimum and allow readers to easily grasp and enjoy the stories from the Riververse. But the heart of this endeavor is July's desire to tell stories about heroes who can serve as role models, who understand the difference between right and wrong, and who will entertain and inspire readers by being relatable. And he talks about The Flash and Batman and how they inspired him as a kid. July said that customers demoralized by the old guard's left-wing politics are flocking to Ripperverse, to Ripperverse comics, whose innovative sales model was responsible for the series' unexpected success. And he explained that the internet and social media gave Ripperverse comics a direct line of sight to connect customers with a project that people want to buy. Riververse Comics will also be a place where content creators, artists, writers, and anyone else in the comic book industry who feels alienated by big corporations can come and tell their stories without fear of censorship or judgment, July said. There are a lot of creative people that are in our space, on our side of the, on our side of the line of thinking, in support of the value of liberty. No matter whether you are a conservative, libertarian, or whatever, they're just undiscovered, they're in hiding, because they have to work for the old guard, he said. And like I said, there are a lot of, you know, individuals in corporate entertainment who want to do the right thing. I know there are, there are like a lot of Hollywood spies, you know, sending Doomcock information who are kind of like giving him reports from the inside, but, and who do want to turn the ship around. But like I said, it's a big undertaking, and it's going to be spurred on by the success of independent creators. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, there has been backlash. You probably heard about Reddit banning the Ripperverse for supporting comics from hate groups. And the fact that, you know, July, he's, you know, conservative slash libertarian, that's, you know, enough reason for these false liberals decide, okay, you're, okay, you're a bigot. And we're going to look at some other creators who, um, are kind of controversial, but if you listen, if you watch their YouTube content long enough, you'll see that, hey, they, their hearts are in the right place. And a lot of it's just, a lot of the attacks against them are just sour grapes. But July's Ripperverse Comics launch was, ban launch was banned by comics book comic book subreddit, which has over 2.5 million subscribers. <coughs> Excuse me. So, a moderator told, this, told one user who uh, posted it 
that they have been permanently banned from participating in ARC slash comic books. You can still view and subscribe to ARC slash comic books, but you won't be able to post or comment. Well, what's the point then? Unless the message from the moderator added. If you have a question regarding your ban, you can contact the moderator team for r slash comic books replying to your message. So he did contact the moderator and they were, they were swatted down. You broke rule number one as pertaining to support comic books from hate groups. Well, if they would take the time to actually listen to Eric July's content, listen to Ethan Van Skyver's content, listen to Razor Fist original Eagle, they would, they would see that, you know, these guys are just fine. This is just, you know, Reddit is big tech. They're no, they're no better than Twitter and Facebook and their, you know, fact checkers and the potential disinformation governance board that's being, you know, that's in the works. Reddit is part of the system and the system is threatened. So who needs them? July, Eric still has, you know, YouTube, and we also have Rumble, we also have Odyssey, we also have Truth Social, so we just need to break the network effect and move more people onto all tech. So, well, let's look at some other, you know, creators who have been doing gangbusters independently. I mentioned Ethan Van Skyver, he's a former artist for DC Comics, and he's kind of at, he's kind of at the root of the whole Gamergate controversy because simply because he's a Trump supporter and anyone who knows better anyone who knows be, you know better than to trust the mainstream media knows that Trump is fine. He's better than fine. But if you just, you know, follow the rules and do what you're told by your corporate overlords, uh, you're not going to have your own opinion. So, but Ethan Van Skyver, he's been publishing his own comics. He created a cyber frog and he's been publishing, he's been selling it through Indiegogo. And I first heard of Ethan Van Skyver through Raging Golden Eagle. Raging Golden Eagle is a YouTuber who, um, the first video I ever watched from him, he was ranting about the corruption in higher education that was going right on. And then he started, you know, then he started, you know, I started watching videos where he's critical of the whole, you know, dating scene, I, I, I would put it. Like, I was worried at first that he might be somewhat misogynist, but um, no, I've seen his live streams with, with, with female kind of creators, and he gets along fine with women, just as long as he doesn't date them. I think he's seen enough of maybe his friends or other other men get totally screwed in the family court system and he probably thought count me out so he's he's very critical of you know the dating scene he's one of the um he's part of MGTOW uh men going their own way but and his his book Blade Devil it's pretty lewd it's got it's got some naughty but some naughty you know parts showing but I'm I'm halfway I'm ha I'm halfway through this book and it's it's good it's really entertaining. Another YouTuber is like who's might be like Raging Golden Eagle times twenty is Razor Fist and I don't know if he draws any comics but he's he's a pretty prolific he's a pretty active writer 
And he does some great, you know, scholarly, scholarly, scholarly research into like the history of Hollywood, the history of pop culture, the history of communists trying to infiltrate America. And he's also big into like pulp novels, like the old Zorro comics, Tarzan, The Shadow, uh, Doc Samson. And he's written, he's written a couple books. The sequel was released just recently. That kind of harkens back to the old pulp novels of years gone by. So that's that's something to look into too. He's got his own website, ninthvillenovels.com. And if you follow Razor Fist on his channel, The Rageaholic, he's a lot to take. He's his insults come fast and furious, but if you once you look past that, his information is gold. So check him out. He's I'm a I'm a, I'm a big fan. And wrapping up this whole movement of good news in the entertainment industry, we got to talk about Ken Akamatsu being elected to an office in Japan. Ken, so we got to talk about manga just destroying Western comics in the West. And by Western comics, I don't mean independent comics. I mean Marvel and DC. You know, in Japan... They still know right from wrong. They're still, you know, following Tolkien's advice that people need to know, need to have, need to have stories that, you know, transmit morals. Manga and anime still do that. I mean, there's lots of, you know, lewd, violent anime, but they still show bad guys getting beaten, getting, getting beaten or in heroes saving the day. So Ken Akamatsu, he's his big, his first big comic series was Love Hina, but he's been you know telling politicians in Japan, hey, we've got to protect Japanese comics and entertainment from the woke corporations in the West. They're trying to subvert things here, and a lot of anime and manga fans in America would probably agree with him. Like, we want the authentic Japanese, you know, experience. We, we, we want the authentic Japanese, you know, point of view and content. We don't want it censored or twisted to, to um, fit supposedly Western, you know, ideals. Like, some things are just universal. It doesn't matter if it's from the East or West. But Ken Nakamatsu, he ran for, he ran for, um, Parliament, I guess in Japan they call their parliament the Diet, but he ran for office, he won, and right away he's starting a task, he formed a task force to preserve um, old video games, um, legal preservations of past games in a playable state. So, so yeah, he's, he's big into like preserving the culture of his country, and we applaud him, and we want that to keep up. We want to preserve the uh, culture in America. And we want to preserve it against, you know, the forces of communism that have infiltrated the corporations through the ESG. So there's lots of good news. There's lots of bad news, but things only look things only look bad because the bad guys are getting exposed and they're getting desperate. That's what I always say, and I will leave you with that. So, like I said, if you find this content valuable, please subscribe. Uh, give it a like and share it with your share it with your uh, friends and family. 
And also, go to my website, neathouseman.net, and take advantage of my uh, website services, my merch store, and my affiliate links, affiliate links in the resources tab. So I'll let you go. I'm Nate Houseman, and I want to let you know it's okay to stand up for yourself. Have a good one.